Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the newest episode of Going Long Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Neal. Boy, do we have a packed show for you today. I'm not sure if you were ready for the uh, the full-go college football news cycle to arrive just yet, but whether you are ready or not, it is certainly here. There's a ton to get to, so I'm basically going to throw uh, all formats and gimmicks out of the window for this episode and just hit on the news. Uh, just talk about all the topics that have happened over the past uh week or so uh we're less than a week away from practices and college football starting um you know it's going to be here in less than a week so man it feels really good it's hectic it's crazy but it's it's a lot of fun let's get into it Right, football season is here, and it arrived a week early, in fact. I've talked to a lot of media members and a lot of fellow uh, Oregon beat writers like myself who were trying to get, you know, their last few days of summer in before, you know, Oregon Media Day on Monday and practices starting on Wednesday. And, you know, from then on until basically, you know, January, we're kind of full go and, and working overtime, especially. And so this past week, we're kind of, you know, trying to soak up the sun a little bit, spend some time with family. And, you know, those plans flew out the window pretty quickly because there is news coming from approximately every angle this, this week, this, uh, you know, these past few days have been a wild ride and not only Oregon circles, but just in college football circles. So thank you for joining me today. Um, I don't want to dance around this. I want to jump right in and just break down all of the things that, you know, really happened over the past week and what's currently happening right now. To start, let's look at Dan Lanning's new contract extension. Um, he he signed a new contract with Oregon. It got approved unanimously on Thursday morning. Um, it is an extension through the year 2028, a raise from his $4.7 million annually to $7 million annually. Um, from then, it increases by 200000 each year. Uh, that it goes on. So it has the potential to extend by a single year um, if the team wins 10 games in a in that year. So uh, a max of a three-year extension. So there's a chance that this could go to 2031. Um, and it could end up being worth over $70 million through nine years for Lanning if all of his incentives are hit. And, um, you know, if he, he gets those bowl incentives, the college football playoffs incentive in there, um, and if he gets those those extra three years for the ten games, so um, all in all, it's a you know a huge deal for Dan Lanning and a huge deal for the Ducks too. Um, but it puts Lanning, you know, uh, right now a one year head coach in the seven million dollar plus coaches club. You know, that's a, a pretty elite tier of coaches in college football. You've got you've got guys like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. They're up and making you know eleven plus million per year, but. Guys like Jim Harbaugh and James Franklin and Ryan Day, um, you know, they're in the seven to nine to ten million per year club. Guys like Dabo Sweeney and um, Jimbo Fisher, guys like that. So, you know, the really elite college coaches, they're making seven, eight, nine million a year. And Dan Lane can now say he's, you know, part of that club and he's really getting paid like Oregon think he's like Oregon thinks he should and getting paid like a, you know, a caliber of coach that 
a lot of Oregon fans hope he will turn out to be. So, you know, congratulations to Dan on that. It's a, a really great day for him and a really great day for the Ducks, too, because they kind of locked down their guy for the foreseeable future. And, you know, they now it's time to just go win and go find success on the field. What's really interesting about the contract is what changed with the buyout. Um, for those of you who don't know, all college coaches now, they've kind of got a buyout clause in their contracts that say, you know, you're signed through, let's say, for landing 2028, like this contract is. If you leave before that for any reason, you owe the school X amount of dollars. For Mario Cristobal, he had a contract, I forget through what year, but he owed Oregon $9 million once he left to go take the Miami job. You know, uh, if you go somewhere else, the school usually ends up paying that for the coach. I mean, as as part of the, the way to get them there, but... Um, for Dan Lanning, his buyout increased to $20 million with Oregon. So um, he has a, a $20 million buyout to leave Oregon. And that buyout does not decrease um, at all from now until the end of the contract. For reference, his old buyout on his on his first contract with Oregon, it started at $14 million if he left during the first year. went down to $10 million, to seven. Uh, to three to two, which kind of decreased as he as he stayed longer. But that's what's interesting about this new contract is that it's twenty million throughout. If he leaves at any point in time, he could leave a day early in twenty twenty nine on January thirtieth instead of January thirty first when the contract's up, and he would owe Oregon twenty million dollars. So um, that's definitely significant, and it shows that these two sides are really you know they're in this thing. They're they're really they want to be in it for the long haul. Um, at the the board of trustees meeting on Thursday morning, Rob Mullins, the athletic director, said that you know this shows a, a mutual commitment between the two parties. They really want to commit to each other and make this a, a long lasting relationship. So, um, you know what it means for for Oregon and Oregon fans specifically is that I think that they can feel pretty confident that Landing is going to be in Eugene for the foreseeable future. I mean. I always thought when he came here that, yeah, we'd probably have him for, you know, three or four, maybe five years if we're really lucky before he takes an SEC job or maybe goes to the NFL or something. I don't know. I'm maybe, I'm maybe willing to extend that window in my head because he's signed this long-term deal. He's got a big buyout if he, if he wants to leave anywhere, Um, you know, that $20 million does not say that he can't leave anywhere. It's, it's still possible. Like I said, some SEC team can can pay that twenty million to Oregon and, and take Landing away. That's still you know in the cards at some point if he has a ton of success and the right job opens up. But um, I don't know. This just gives a little bit more security, I think, for Duck fans to to feel confident that they've got their guy. And I mean, after one year of Landing being here, we've there's been several rumors. I mean, not several. I shouldn't say several, but there's been rumors about him going to the SEC. You know, taking that Auburn job when it opened up last year. Um, several things that he might leave, you know, if, if Oregon's not careful. Um, and he's, he's said the right things every time. Absolutely. He's turned the down, said that he, he is nowhere else but Eugene that he wants to be. But words only mean so much. And that's why this was important to me because I think actions are huge. And these actions, this long-term deal, uh, this $20 million buyout, it, it just shows that, you know, he's, he's kind of locked in with the Ducks right now. And I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon. All right, the next story is probably the bigger national story, and you could argue that this deserves the 1A treatment uh, on the podcast, but 
Colorado is reportedly leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12, and an announcement is expected later this week. Uh, honestly, by the time you're listening to this, it could have already happened. Uh, reports came out, I believe it was, yeah, it started coming out on Wednesday afternoon that uh, Colorado was meeting with Big 12 presidents, and they were, you know, kind of out the door, and they're trying to they're jumping ship from the Pac-12, which is not a huge surprise. There's been rumors about this for, you know, several months now that, you know, Colorado was a former former Big 12 school and they came to the Pac-12 over a decade ago. Haven't really done anything since. They have not really been a very relevant team out West. Um, but now they're going back to the Big 12. And what's going to be really interesting is to see what happens now. I mean, it feels like the dam has kind of breached a little bit for the Pac-12, and now it's it's just seeing how much damage is actually caused. Uh, I want to look at this through an Oregon lens, though, because this certainly opens up the door for more movement, um, and it may not exactly be the movement that Oregon fans want. Um, there is a desire, definitely among Oregon fans, for the Ducks to end up in the Big Ten with teams like Ohio State, USC, Michigan, Penn State, etc. Um, but you know, if the Pac-12 is cratering, you need just any sort of landing spot, uh, whether it's the Big Ten, um, on whether it's the Big Twelve. I think that that's uh, I'm I wouldn't say warming up to the idea, but I'm getting used to the idea that Oregon might be on their way to the Big Twelve at some point. I've been told by a reputable source that the Ducks are having conversations about potentially going to the Big Twelve. Uh, nothing is confirmed at this point, obviously, but Oregon does not want to be left out of the party with nowhere to go and no leverage going forward. So, um, yeah, I've, I've seen on, on Twitter some rumors going around that, you know, there's a there's one more Pac-12 team that could be talking to the Big 12. There's stuff about both Oregon and Washington talking to the Big 12 about maybe jumping ship to and following along with Colorado. I don't know. It's all it's all a lot of speculation right now, as we've been dealing with for the past several months, ever since USC and UCLA left the Big Ten. So um, that's just that's something to keep an eye on, and it's it's changing every second. So by the time I I publish this podcast, something massive could have happened. Um, I hope that's not the case because I, I hope this uh, podcast has a little bit of legs and is not outdated. And you know, forty five minutes from now, but um, it's really interesting. And, and what's going to be interesting is the timeline. What, you know, what happens? When does it happen? What are the things that we need to wait on? Right now, it all depends on the, the Pac-12 TV deal, which we are still waiting on from Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyavkov. Um, Pac-12 presidents have all said that they agreed that they want to see the details of that deal uh, before making a decision. And Colorado, you know, ultimately just lost some patience. So, uh, we still have not been presented a deal. Klyovkov has not, you know, brought anything to the table for presidents and, and athletic directors to, you know, look at and decide upon. But when he does, it'll be interesting to see what happens because that's when people can really decide. That's when these schools can really decide if they want to stay, if they want to sign that grant of rights and they want to lock themselves into this conference because the outlook does not look great right now uh, for the Pac-12 as a whole. There's, you know, there are some small solutions that they can kind of tread water with, whether that's bringing in SDSU, whether it's bringing in Colorado State. Um, you know, Boise State's been thrown out there. Just a few, a few little schools to add up back to ten members or back to twelve members, something like that. Um, but 
you know, this, this is going to be a continued topic for, for a long time until something real happens. And again, conference realignment and where Oregon ends up is going to be a topic of conversation for the foreseeable future. So yay for all of us. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but again, we are just kind of, you got to get your tweet notifications on and you got to kind of be next to your phone at all times because this could break at any time. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I'm kind of waiting for one of those more official reports that, you know, Oregon's talking with the big 12, you know, they're, they're really considering this again. I've had a, a reputable source who's been really good on duck stuff saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. It's something that they've been talking about behind closed doors. So, um, you know, we'll wait and see. All right, the next big story on the list, Ohio State. Does anyone know what the hell's going on with Ohio State right now, Ohio State and Oregon? Um, I was originally going to record this podcast on Tuesday, but that's when the news floodgates started to open. And since then, there's kind of been an endless endless flow of stories to talk about, so I'm glad I waited. Um, had I recorded Tuesday, this probably would have led the podcast. You know, what is, what's this partnership with Oregon and Ohio State about right now? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, there was kind of a cryptic Instagram post from Brutus the Buckeye, who's Ohio State's uh, you know beloved mascot. He's standing inside Autzen Stadium on the field with his arm around the duck, Oregon's mascot, and they're kind of just looking at the scoreboard and you know pointing at the sky, whatever. The caption was "Big things to come" with the eyeball emoji. Uh, what does it mean? I mean, there's, you know, endless speculation that, that came out of that. My first thought was that, you know, in the caption, big things to come, big, is all capitalized. And if you want to read into that, the Big Ten logo is, you know, the letter, the the word big with the I and the G um, as the, the one and the zero and a 10, it's all capitalized. So that kind of looks like a Big Ten logo. Does this mean conference realignment, you know? Uh, it's it's certainly a topic of conversation right now, like I just said, but Oregon to, to the Big Ten, that feels like a dream, especially when you're considering uh, the, the growing narrative that Oregon might be going to the Big 12. So in the end, a more likely scenario, I believe, is that Ohio State is probably rescheduling their game from 2020 that was supposed to be in Eugene that got canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we've not heard anything official yet, but that kind of seems like it would make the most sense. Um, Oregon and Ohio State already have a home-and-home home scheduled for 2032 and 2033. Obviously, that's about a decade from now, a little bit less than a decade from now, but um, I don't think that that would change them being able to, you know, fit in maybe one more uh, non-conference game in there. This time in Eugene, they would probably still be able to keep that home and home a decade from now and, and fit one in. The hard thing to do is find a slot on the non-conference schedule uh, for Oregon. I haven't, I haven't looked at uh, Ohio State's non-conference schedule, but for Oregon at least, they're already booked out almost a decade with games against, you know, Baylor. They've got home and home series against Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Boise State, you know, Hawaii. There are a ton of teams that Oregon already has on the schedule. Um, that it's it's going to be interesting where you find a slot to fit Ohio State. And obviously, if if they're trying to do this, I'm sure they're going to make room. Um, I'm sure they they would, you know, put Ohio State probably above. Most most other teams um, with who they want to play against, but um, it's it's just going to be interesting to see if that is what the announcement is when they actually decide to do that. One thought that I had about all of that is that you know if 
and this is a major if, I'm not not reporting anything, not saying anything's going to happen, but if Oregon is to go to the Big 12, and if they are to leave the Pac-12, that does potentially open up a few non-conference slots because it removes non-conference games against Oklahoma State and Baylor. You would no longer be playing them at the start of the season. You'd be playing them, you know, in your conference schedule. So, um, but again, you get the, you know, the moving pieces of um, Oregon and Ohio State scheduling that game now and the potential of going to the Big 12 and, you know, nothing is known and nothing is, you know, written in stone now. So um, I don't know that that plays any factor into when this game would be, um, but it's just something to consider. Um at the moment, we are just waiting for an announcement, but you know that could be huge and maybe not important news, but fun news. I know that Oregon and Ohio State have a, a solid rivalry against each other. I know it's kind of a stretch calling that a rivalry. It's probably more of a rivalry on Oregon's side because the Ducks are 1-9 against Ohio State, and they got their first win back in 2021. So uh, maybe Ohio State cares a little bit more than they used to because the Ducks got that win in Columbus in the horseshoe, but... Ohio State's beaten Oregon in the national championship game, uh, the Rose Bowl, and they've you know they've gotten the better of the Ducks a lot, a lot over the years. So, um, any chance to see these two meet on the field is always welcomed, always entertaining. So, um, I'm I'm really excited for that news. If that's uh, what this whole Instagram nonsense is about. All right, the next big story in the list. It's funny when I was prepping for this pod, I was kind of going through uh, duckswire.usatoday.com, a great website, and just scrolling through and seeing, like, all right, what are the major headlines that I that I should talk about? And it's like, oh, there's one. There's one. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. And this was this one only happened two days ago, but it seems like already a week ago at least. Justin Herbert is now the uh, the highest-paid player in the, in the history of the NFL on a per-year basis after signing a – five-year, $262.5 million contract extension with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, that type of money is just insane. I can't even fathom what that would be like to be able to just sign on the dotted line and say, oh, yeah, that money is mine now. But um, congrats to Justin. It's just an incredible, incredible feat for the former Oregon quarterback. It ties him to the Chargers through the 2029 season. Um, you know, not much to say about the the deal at uh, as a whole, but it's just awesome to see a duck get paid. And it's, I think a really good recruiting chip for Dan Lanning and the ducks as well, because they can show these high school kids, high school quarterbacks specifically. Hey, you come to Oregon. Look what, look what Herbert's doing. He, he played great in our system. He went to the NFL. He's now one of the best players in the league. Um, Again, Herbert has the most yards through three years in NFL history second most touchdowns through three years in NFL history behind uh, Dan Marino. Um, it's it's really awesome for him, but now he's got to go prove it. Uh, he's had some time in the NFL. He needs playoff success now. He's had a lot of records, had a lot of regular season success. He needs those playoff wins. He needs to make a deep playoff run. Um, the Chargers are looking better this year. They've got Kellen Moore in as their new offensive coordinator. Hopefully that makes a difference. Um, but we'll see. I mean, a, a lot of the shortcomings are not on Herbert. A lot of them were on play calling and coaching and all that stuff, but great players are usually over, are usually able to overcome that. And, uh, he's now in a spot where he's getting paid like a, one of the best players in the league and he needs to step up and prove it and prove that that's who he can be. 
All right, last thing on the list. Um, I just want to make a quick note and update on uh, Justin Williams. It feels like it happened forever ago. It was actually just on Monday, but five-star linebacker Justin Williams committed to Georgia over Oregon. It's the number one linebacker in the 2024 class, number 11 player overall. He was obviously very high on the Ducks, but he ended up choosing the two-time defending national champions. And it's it's kind of tough to blame him when you when you put that nomenclature in front of the the Bulldogs' name. So this is definitely a tough blow, um, but it's kind of something that we saw coming. Uh, Oregon was considered the lead for him for several months. Um, they started recruiting him very early in the process and built a great relationship with him, but. Uh, Georgia came in, I think probably this spring. I mean, they were a little bit late to the game, but you know, when you're Georgia, you can afford to be late to the game and still get, uh, the number one linebacker in the nation. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a blow, but it's not unexpected. Oregon currently has the number 13, uh, recruiting class nationally, and they've got a big recruiting weekend coming ahead. Uh, Oregon's annual Saturday night live camp is on Saturday, obviously, uh, where they're hosting over two dozen recruits, um, some committed, some uncommitted. A lot of actually their 2024 commits are going to be in there. Um, and it just gives them a chance, you know, further build those relationships and then assess some of the talent too and see if they want to further push for some of these uncommitted um, players. At the top of the list of players coming is five-star defensive lineman Williams Noweri. I believe he's the number three player in the 2024 class, number one defensive lineman. Uh, he has uh, probably a top three or top four schools. Oregon definitely has a lot of ground to make up, though. Um, I believe it's probably Missouri and Oklahoma, the lead for him. Texas A&M does really well with him as well. But I don't believe that he's been out to Oregon before. So this uh, this visit could be really big for him because he's probably going to make a decision in August. Um, if the Ducks can make up some ground and just you know at least become a legitimate contender in his recruitment, it could be interesting. Uh, but they've definitely got a lot of ground to make up because he's very high on the other schools and he doesn't know too much about Oregon from what I can tell. And so getting him on campus and kind of showing him the ropes and, and building those relationships again, that could be a really big deal for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. One of the other top guys that's going to be on, on campus this weekend is four-star wide receiver Jeremiah McClellan. Um, he's a, a really, really good player, fast-rising player. Um Oregon and Ohio State currently are perceived as the leaders in his recruitment. Um, some lean Ohio State, I think that's fair to say, but he keeps coming out to Oregon. And this is, you know, he's had several, several visits to Eugene this year. So he obviously really likes something about the Ducks. And I know that um, I know that Oregon feels good about where they are in his recruitment as well. So um, I don't know that a ton of commitments are going to come out of this weekend. That'd be awesome if it did right before the fall camp starts. Just get some really good positive momentum going into the year. Uh, but we'll see. There are a, a ton of top targets, and there could be a couple commitments this weekend. But um, it's it's too early to tell all that. Um, regardless of what happens, how that goes, we will update next week um, You know about about how it all went. And if there's some commitments to talk about, great. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for sticking around through all of that. I know there are a million things going on right now, um, and I I probably missed a few a few news topics as well. But that's just those are kind of the major ones to hit on. Um, there's definitely going to be more coming. That's just a sign that football season is here, and we are we're finally out of the doldrums of the off season. Life is crazy and busy and hectic, but I know I speak for a lot of people in saying I wouldn't want it any other way because college football is one of the uh, 
one of the true pleasures in life. And as an Oregon Duck fan, I know all of you listening can say that it's been a lot of fun following along over the last decade and expected to be a lot of fun over the next few years as well. As I mentioned earlier, Oregon's media day is on Monday and practices start on Wednesday. So I will be back on at some point next week to break down everything and kind of get us into the flow of the season. Thank you guys for listening and following along. If you want to check out more of my work, you can find it at duckswire.usatoday.com. Follow me at Zachary C. Neal on Twitter. We will talk to you guys next week. Until then, take it easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.